Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. really is a wonderful privilege to be here. And, um, you know, we, I come with greetings from my husband, lots of love from him, from John, and uh, he's speaking in our church in Nottingham. And then um, also, you know, from our church and then from the movement as well, a big cheer. You know, we hear lots of good things um, about Vineyard 61. And so we are just, I'm thrilled to be here. It's an absolute treat. And I love the fact that um, Viv wrote and she said, will you speak on the subject of come Holy Spirit? And so I love to speak about the Holy Spirit. And uh, in fact, you know, these are three very simple, ordinary words in one sense, but they carry huge significance, and particularly for us in the vineyard. Um, you know, we're living in an amazing time uh, in history. Many prophets are prophesying revival. And interestingly, I find myself increasingly in settings where leaders from across the nations um, who are wanting to come over here from different denominations to bless churches and bless uh, movements and streams because they believe God is going to be doing something in our nation. And so um, speaking about the Holy Spirit is is really on my heart because if we're going to be part of a revival here in the UK, I truly believe it's going to be a signs and wonders revival. And it's something that we love to carry in the vineyard is the expectation that God is going to move at any moment, going to do something, and we want to be part of it. We want to do the stuff of the kingdom. And so the Holy Spirit comes to empower us uh, to extend God's kingdom everywhere in every way. You know, um, a few weeks before we went away for a long sabbatical during the summer, we went for three months, we went away and traveled around, and it was absolutely wonderful. But just before that, a young chap got up in our church who had fairly recently come to faith. He'd just been through the Alpha course, he'd been on the Holy Spirit Day, and, um, and he'd started to pray for his uh, mates at work. Now, he's a welder, so it's not the easiest environment to pray for people, but um, he kept seeing this guy walk past his station limping. So he, he plucks up the courage to ask if he can pray for this guy, and, um, and the guy sort of says, okay, and it turns out he had this injury, he couldn't bend his knee, he's, it means that he's limping badly, and so um, Pete kneels down and uh, commands the knee to be healed and for all the pain to go and movement to return. And then he asked the guy if he felt anything. The guy said, no. So he said, well, let me do it again. And so he did it again. And this time they both felt like a, a crunch um, happen in the knee and a sort of movement in the knee. And then the guy started to move his knee around and felt all the pain had gone. And he was completely healed. And then Pete went on to pray over the next three weeks for another uh, five of his colleagues who all got healed. And when we came back from the summer, one of those guys has been coming to church now for all this time and is really kind of given his life to Jesus and really on his own journey. And what I love about that is that, you know, it doesn't matter how young you are in the faith. It doesn't matter how newly you have received Jesus. You can participate uh, uh, in the things of the kingdom. Um, we have, um, well, actually, I'm just going to share a story that happened to me during the summer. 
I, because I love to do this stuff as well, and um, particularly praying for people who don't know Jesus. And during the summer, I um, booked myself into a boot camp, an exercise boot camp, partly because I wanted to get fit, but partly because I wanted to um, hang out with people who don't know Jesus. And in my role, we are surrounded by Christians everywhere. And so, you know, and finding the time to do it is quite a challenge. So I decided I'd go to live in community for six days with unbelievers. And um, one of the girls I shared a room with, on the first night, she said, um, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. We're not allowed to smoke. I smoke 20 a day. I don't know how I'm going to you know, manage this. It's going to be really difficult. And I said to her, look, do you want me to pray for you that you would be set free from this addiction? And she went, okay. And um, she was a tarot card reader, so she kind of was into various things. So, so I said, let me pray for you. So I laid hands on her and just, you know, uh, spoke freedom from the addiction and uh, that she would have no symptoms of any kind of side effects or any, uh, you know, that she'd be able to do this. And uh, as I was praying for her, the girl in the other bed, she said, oh my goodness, I feel so emotional. Oh, what's happening to me? Will you pray for me? You know, and I said, what, what do you want prayer for? She said, I, I've got a broken heart. So we ended up praying for her as well. But anyway, the girl in my room who was the addict to nicotine, she didn't have any withdrawal symptoms. For the whole six days, she to- didn't smoke one cigarette. She was totally free and then wrote to me afterwards that she was free from that. And so, you know, we can do this in every setting. And I love the story that came through in worship that wherever we are, you know, we can be outside TK Max, we can be on the high street, we can be in our workplace, wherever we are, we can begin to share the love of Jesus um, and minister to people. Another girl I, I was in conversation with at this boot camp, um, she, uh, we were walking along and she began to ask me all these questions about how on earth I had ended up leading a church. And I began to talk about how the Holy Spirit speaks to us, how we get prophecy, and how it was through a series of prophetic words that we ended up not just planting our church, leading the church, but also leading this movement of churches. She was absolutely intrigued by the idea that God would speak and speak through people. And she said, then she said, would God have a word for me? Would you have something for me? So I said, well, I'm sure he will, but I'll pray about it. So the next morning I woke up early and I just, Lord, you've got to give me something. Oh my gosh, this is not like, I can't walk away from this one. And um, anyway, out of the blue, just into my head popped the word abandonment. And I thought, no, no, she's just really together. She's such a great personality. She's really extrovert. There's no way she's got abandonment issues. That's just ridiculous. But I thought, well, I've asked and there's nothing else. So I took a risk and I started writing out a load of stuff related to why she might feel abandoned, why she might, how she would have constructed her life, where this sense comes from. But also, I wrote out Isaiah 138, or I, I looked it up and started writing, you know, God has watched you in your mother's room, being formed, he knit you together, you know, so that she would have both scripture, which is always true revelation, um, but then something, you know, that might, you know, be a bit different that she wasn't expecting. So the next day we started talking and she asked, me if I'd heard something or had something and I I decided to you know give it to her and I said look I've written it down but this is what God said and I began to talk about this whole abandonment thing and then uh, Psalm 138 and how God sees her and anyway she was completely quiet and I thought oh my gosh it's a load of rubbish so at the end I said is it is it a load of rubbish or is does some of that mean something to you and she said well you wouldn't believe it she said as at the age of seven my mother was taken into an asylum and she never came back the same person. 
So I lost my mother, age seven, and I, I, all, everything you said was true. And you know what was so lovely is she wrote to me in an email after, and she said, I never considered God. God had never considered him in my life, ever. But now, not only do I believe in God, but I know he loves me. Now, it doesn't mean she's become a Christian, but that is a massive step, which is just beautiful, isn't it? So, I mean, I love this stuff. Now, gosh, I keep going on with stories. We, many of you will have known, and because if, I think, is Zeke here today or does he go to the other side? Yeah, okay, so, so Zeke is working for the movement, trying to fan the flames of enthusiasm and passion for our youth conference uh, festival that we host. And we've just moved it from hosting this youth festival in the um, May into the summer, into August. And we're going to expand it from 1,000 young people to 5,000. And it's a big step of faith. And, and I'm so grateful because some of you will have given to that generously. And we've received offerings. And we're nearly at, at half a million. Uh, we've got like 30 or something thousand to come in yet. And it, we're so excited because we're going to be able to do this conference. But what I love about this festival is that these young people are meeting with Jesus and encountering the Holy Spirit in the most amazing ways. And, you know, they've seen amazing things happen. Scars disappear from self-harming scars, all sorts of stuff. But one of the stories that I love, and it just shows how God meets us in so many different ways, not just physical healing or words uh, where it shows that God knows who we are and loves us and has a plan for our life, but also... There was one girl who told her story at our church, and she'd been at, at Dreaming the Impossible DTI um, festival um, in the summer, and she told it at her baptism service. And basically, she had been suffering from such severe anxiety that for about six months, she couldn't tolerate being in her class in a room of people and the pressure. Uh, 15 minutes in, she would have to throw up and run out to the toilets. And she had sort of permission from the teacher to just leave whenever she needed to. And her, her group of friends, about six of them, were journeying with her. And when she went to the Dreaming the Impossible uh, Festival, the Lord completely delivered her from this anxiety. So when she got baptized, those six friends who don't know Jesus came to the baptism service because they saw the change. So, you know, we love the things of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit comes to us not just to fill us and empower us, but to walk with us. The Holy Spirit wants to be our friend. You know, God the Father and Jesus have made it possible for us to receive the Holy Spirit and for us to walk with the Spirit, to become friends with the Holy Spirit, to spend time with him, to worship him and listen to his voice all the time. We're not meant to do this stuff alone. We do it in his power. We do it with him and we do it in friendship and relationship with him. 30 years ago, I was far from God. I had grown up as a Christian. I knew the love of Jesus, but I had begun to do my own thing. Like many of you will, will know, in the teenage years, we start to do our own thing, and we find that suddenly we veered so far away, it's very difficult to come back. And I was at university at the time, and... Um, I was making some really poor choices. I was dating John, who I'm married to now. We were sleeping together regularly. I had an eating disorder. I was throwing out my food. I hadn't had a period for about a year and a half. And uh, in, one, in the one sense, I was doing everything I wanted to do. I was having the time of my life, parties, amazing time. My friends, I was doing um, an arts degree, dance, drama, um, uh, dr and uh, music. And we were just a bunch of creative, crazy people. And um, it was wonderful, but I was quite really broken inside. And I remember 
I phoned home one day, and in those days it was a phone box, little red phone box. You queue outside in the rain waiting for your turn. Phoned home, and my father went on and on about how their church had been impacted by the Holy Spirit because they'd had a visit from a man called John Wimber from the vineyard. And uh, at that time, my father was waiting on the Lord because he knew something was going to happen. And he'd heard about the ministry of the vineyard. And this was the first visit that Wimber made to the country. And John Wimber talked about the kingdom and the extending the kingdom and that everybody gets to do this stuff. And then he said these three little words, come Holy Spirit. And all heaven broke out and people started falling on the floor. Blind eye was open, arthritic hands opened out. And Mary Widdersdale, who had been in a wheelchair for over 10 years with multiple sclerosis, gets up out of her wheelchair. And, and it was a village church, so everybody knew everybody. She starts wheeling her husband around the building. And people are standing on the pews, <laughs> clapping and cheering. And a bunch of young people came in from the outside, just you know, hearing all the noise. And, they, and one of the American team that came with Wimber, and, and I meant to say he brought a team of young people who came with him, and they all paid for themselves to come to bless the established churches. And uh, anyway, so that one of the Americans prayed for these young people who came in, and a number of them gave their lives to Jesus. And some of them described it was like electricity went through them. And they're Christian to this day. One of them's my brother-in-law now. And uh, so it was an amazing, amazing time. And I remember hearing this and just thinking, oh, God, oh, my God. I remember seeing things in South America because my parents were missionaries, and that's where I was born. And I remember experiencing the Holy Spirit, and I thought, oh, goodness, oh, I don't want to miss out. And on the way back from the phone box to the refectory, I was just coming back to God. And I got to the refectory, and there were my friends sitting there, and I began to tell them what had happened in my dad's church, and that apparently, because I believe in Jesus, I could heal people. And then one of the girls, who actually, I now realize she was transgender, but I didn't know, we didn't, we didn't know what that was in those days somebody who, you know, struggled with their gender identity, but had she had lots of very masculine traits, um, very talented uh, writer, and um, anyway, so she said to me, uh, "You, if you really believe that this is God, that you like that you can heal people, you need to go and pray for her partner who was up in the sun who had what they thought was appendicitis." So I had never laid hands on anybody, I'd never done this. I hadn't been in a meeting, but something compelled me. I got up there and I said to this girl, look, I don't know if you know I believe in Jesus, but can I lay hands on you and, uh, and heal you? And she said, yes. So anyway, I laid hands on her. I don't know what I was doing. I mean, should have bought a Honda, you know, but I bought a Fiat, you know, like tried to pray in tongues. I didn't know. I just, I thought, I didn't know what model I was following. But anyway, the pain left her. And you know, it, we don't know to this day, did she have appendicitis, didn't she? But as far as my friends were concerned, Debbie had healing powers. And they started to come with me. But what was amazing, we started to have amazing conversations about Jesus. And my friends started to get interested in coming to church and stuff. And it was amazing. But that same year, John and I, by this time, we'd repented of sleeping together. We stopped sleeping together, which was really hard. We got engaged. And we said to ourselves, if John Wimber comes back to the UK, we've got to get ourselves uh, to one of those meetings. So we, we got there, and I brought my bridesmaid-to-be, who wasn't a believer. We get into the meeting, and the worship, like this morning, was just like, all I wanted to do was just cry. Cry and cry. I didn't know why. I didn't know that God would meet me and worship. I'd not been in one of these meetings. Something happened during the talk. People began to, you know, the Holy Spirit began to touch people. But at the end, they said, you know, the words come Holy Spirit and invited people to respond if they wanted to receive prayer. And I ran, I would kind of run to the front. And I met with the Lord in the most profound way. And the love of Christ came into my heart. It was like I felt it was going to explode and I kind of fell on the floor and it was a bit dramatic. But anyway, I remember going back to, to where John was sitting 
And uh, my poor bridesmaid, who actually loved it, but she wasn't yet a believer. She got converted later. Um, but I knew that such a, a love had come into my heart. Leanne Payne, or there's another, this is an old quote, and I can't remember the original person who wrote it. He talks about the expulsive power of a greater affection. And it was like the love of Jesus flooded me so much so that I knew everything else would fall to the side and I was going to pursue Jesus and do whatever he called me to do. And that's kind of the journey that we've been on. Now, you know, in that journey, what we have found is that unless the Spirit is with us, unless the Spirit is guiding us, unless the Spirit is speaking to us through prophecies, through our own visions and dreams, you know, we, we just kind of like, nothing seems to work right. And so we've tried to journey close to the Spirit. And, you know, we are under orders from Jesus to welcome the Holy Spirit. On the one hand, Jesus said to his disciples, go, go, go into the world. You know, I'm going to give you authority to do this. But then he said to them, wait, wait in Jerusalem, wait for the Holy Spirit, waiting on the Holy Spirit, whether privately or in these gatherings, waiting in twos or threes, waiting on the Holy Spirit is essential if we're going to uh, be part of revival that's coming. If we're going to extend God's kingdom in every kind of way, we need to wait on the Holy Spirit. We need to walk with the Spirit and listen to the Spirit, be guided by the in Acts um, chapter 1, verse 4, it says this. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. So he's speaking to his disciples. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He says to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So he's not calling us to live a life without power or on our own. He's calling us to do this with the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but like the disciples, I get concerned about all sorts of things. They were concerned about Israel being restored. Jesus was telling them to wait. And we all have concerns, don't we? There are very serious concerns, family concerns, financial concerns, health concerns, concerns about people who don't know Jesus. There are political concerns, concerns about poverty and sex trafficking and refugees and discrimination and racism and slavery and abortion and climate change and pollution and, and waste and on and on. And all these concerns, they're important. We need to bring them to the Lord. One Easter, uh, or sort of just Lent before Easter, I gave up plastic. I tried. I was just grieving every day because everywhere there's plastic. And I just find myself now just horrified by the amount of plastic that's around. You know, so many concerns, cultural shifts like never before. You know, people, sociologists are saying that, that Europe is losing its Christian foundations. Um, you know, they're crumbling. And it's going, there's going to be a point where it's going to be very difficult to um, function as Christians with the freedoms that we have now. So we need to be aware of what's going on, especially if we're going to be relevant as we talk to people who don't know Jesus. Yet Jesus puts the matter of the Holy Spirit first. He commands us to wait, commands us to wait for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to wait for the Holy Spirit. All the concerns are important, but Jesus says, wait, this is what you need. And the church is in a place more than ever, the church in this nation, everywhere, where we're facing 
questions where the answers aren't simple. I don't always know what to say to somebody who is struggling with their sexual um, identity, somebody who's struggling with their gender identity, someone who's stuck in addiction. I don't always know what the answers are. But what I do know is that they need an encounter with Jesus. You know, if you're here today and you're struggling in any area of your life or with some of those issues, an encounter with Jesus will be the only way that you can handle the unanswered questions that you're wrestling with. You know, I have a lovely friend um, who, in fact, I was just texting back and forth with yesterday, David Bennett. Um, he was once a gay activist. He believed that the church hated him, and he hated the church. He believed the church was homophobic. And he had so many questions. And he was on a journey as a gay activist, but he had a friend who was a writer, and she was very talented. He admired her, and he loved her. And then he discovered she's a Christian, and so he's like asking her lots of questions. But she began to say to him, David, none of these questions are going to be answered until you have an encounter with Jesus, until you meet the Holy Spirit. And somehow he opened himself up to receive prayer. And she prayed for him in a pub, and the Holy Spirit falls on him, and he encounters Jesus. And, you know, things didn't change for him overnight. But, you know, he came to a place on a journey, and he's written a book called War of Loves. And it really was a war of loves, a battle between his own desperate longing and, and desire for, for companionship for the rest of his life in the arms of another man. Or was it going to be Jesus? Was it going to be walking with the Holy Spirit? Was it going to be a life of worship? And he came to a place where he made the decision to become celibate, to receive the gift of celibacy and to have a life that is so beautiful in worship. And it is the most incredible. Uh, I mean, Jordan, my son, who happens to be here, we went out for dinner with him um, last year. And honestly, we had the most amazing time. We ended up praying for the waiter. We ended up having a long conversation with the people next to us. He just oozes the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's so beautiful. He needed an encounter with Jesus, an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So God is inviting us to wait on his Holy Spirit. We won't be able to move out in Acts, um, like in the book of Acts. We won't be able to do these things unless we encounter the Holy Spirit, unless we're open to encounters with the Holy Spirit more and more. Um, my, my parents, as I said, were missionaries, and um, uh, it was pretty hard being missionaries in Chile um, they were very poor. There was sometimes difficulty putting food on the table. Um, I dressed from a jumble sale box, which was uh, like a charity, all charity clothes. And um, they were living in a time in Chile when there was lots of political unrest, food shortages, curfews, gun gunshots outside up my bedroom window. I mean, it was a really challenging time. But after a break in the UK, uh, my mother was getting on the ship on the way back to Chile, and it was a three-week journey. And she gets on, and she's, she's on the ship, and she says, God... I cannot get off this ship the same person. And she had met people who'd been baptized in the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, experienced the Holy Spirit, and she knew there was something that was missing. And she begins to call out to the Lord on this journey back. And nothing happens. Nothing happens. Every day she's gone out to the Lord. And finally, she, she, she decides to agree with the Scripture that says, you know, ask and you'll receive. So she goes up on deck. She finds one of the missionaries that's traveling with them. And she says, look, I have been crying out to the Lord for the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit the word says, ask and you'll receive, so I've received the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, as she declared it, 
this fountain bubbled up from inside and she said this energy came upon her and she just, this joy and she felt like she was going to lift off and she had to walk around the ocean liner three times all the way around this massive ocean liner to just feel like she could actually hold herself on the ground. And then we all saw such a change in her that my father said, will you pray for me? She lays hands on him. He didn't feel anything at that point, but what began to happen to him is he began to realize that he had resentment towards his overseer, his bishop. And so they're out in Chile, and he just started to write a list of all these things he was resentful about because the bishop had let him down. The bishop never encouraged him. The bishop never, you know, um, helped him in any way. It felt like they had this long-distant relationship, and, and it was just so discouraging. And then he feels the Holy Spirit impress upon him. He has to forgive. So he's written all this list, and he goes to see the bishop, and he thinks he's going to sit down and tell the bishop all the things he's done wrong. But instead, as the door opens, the Spirit of God lands on my dad. He falls into the arms of the bishop. They both fall on the floor, crying, just having this incredible exchange of love. And it, they ended up having this lovely relationship. And dad never told him the things that he felt resentful. He just forgave and came into a new freedom. And I remember seeing these things uh, in my parents' life, just seeing them changed. And, the, and things began to happen around us. And we began to visit Pentecostal meetings because they didn't know, they were Church of England. They was just, they'd never experienced these things. And so as a child, I saw miracles and things happen. Um, now, I want to be clear, for those of you who know and love Jesus, you know, when you're Christians, you have the Holy Spirit. But what was missing in my parents' life was something igniting. And, you know, um, it, it's like a Pentecost experience. And, and then an understanding that you can actually ask for more. You know, folks, we need the Holy Spirit, and we need repeated encounters with the Holy Spirit. For the disciples, they waited, and quite honestly, they had no choice. They were quite frightened, quite fearful. Jesus had left them and told them to wait, so they, wa they waited. And if you feel today you're weak or you're desperate, you're afraid, you couldn't be in a better place to wait on the Holy Spirit. You know, we can't do what the Lord is calling us to do without the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, from time to time, I just uh, like find myself in settings where I've just opening up to the Holy Spirit and just something erupts and, and there are new things to be uh, encountering and experiencing. Just last week I was at Lambeth uh, Palace and we were with a group of leaders from across denominations and we just began to lament before the Lord and all of a sudden I had a new spiritual language that I've never had before and it was weird and different but I had an energy to pray and I don't find praying like going on praying and praying and praying is, is really hard and especially when you've got to find words to pray and all of a sudden I had this language and I'm like battling in the spirit and I'm lamenting and I'm crying out for the nation and for the lost and it was a whole new kind of encounter and experience and an anointing to pray. And so, you know, God comes in so many different ways, and he brings his Holy Spirit, sends him to, to walk with us so that we can do the things we need to do in all the different ways. In Acts 2, it says, um, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separating and came to rest on each of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And so Peter is in that room, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit and with courage. And he, who had been so afraid to be associated with Jesus when Jesus was on his way to the cross, 
Peter denies Jesus because he's terrified of what people think of him, terrified of what they would do to him if he, if he says that he's associated with Jesus. But now he's filled with such courage, such boldness, that he stands in front of thousands and he starts to speak from the, from the, book, of, uh, the book of Joel, from the prophets of, of uh, Joel. And he starts to speak out, you know, I'm going to pour out my spirit in this place on all people, even on my servants, both men and women. On and on he goes prophesying and speaking out and sharing the good news of Jesus and thousands uh, um, join the church thousands get converted and this is how the early church began it started with a move of the spirit and you know this is our story in the vineyard you know the vineyard is a fairly new movement and it started with a couple called John Wimber John and Carol Wimber and um, John Wimber, when he was converted, he had absolutely no church experience. No one in his family were, were Christians. Carol had a little bit of experience. She grew up in the Catholic Church, but had left her faith. And, um, and then immediately as John got converted, he started to experience words of knowledge, which is when you get a little piece of information about something going on in someone's life or something wrong with their body or someone needs healing or something. He started to have words of knowledge and then visions and dreams and felt like he was interacting with the Holy Spirit. But Carol had enough bad theology to shut it down. And she says, no, 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 you mustn't do this. You, this, is, this, is, this is, you know, th that's wrong. You mustn't do this stuff. So he shuts it down. Well, later, as the vineyard is starting, um, Carol goes into a season of depression. And in that time, God just convicted her that she had shut this down in John and she begins to repent and repent and it goes on for months she's repenting in tears in in her room just kneeling before the Lord repenting because she shut the ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of John and anyway the spirit breaks out and her prayers are answered and I'm here and we're here because of the overflow of that blessing Wimber started visiting the UK to bring um, this message of the kingdom and uh, a fresh empowering of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, when he visited my dad's church, not only were the, did the Holy Spirit visit, but then they began to um, minister to others. And they started a, uh, a festival called New Wine and Thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have met at camps and, and festivals over the years and been empowered to minister and extend God's kingdom. Soul Survivor was birthed from that same little church, uh, ministering to maybe over 28,000 in the summer, uh, young people. A whole movement of youth have grown up now and are leading in churches because of Soul Survivor. Another person, Nikki Gumbel, was in a gathering. In the early days, Wimber visited um, HTB, and Nikki Gumbel, who heads up Alpha, he wasn't even uh, ordained. He was a barrister at the time. And the Holy Spirit falls on him, and one of the vineyard team point out to him and say, evangelism is all over that young man. And uh, he ends up, you know, taking this fledging little course, which was meant for Christians originally, turning into an, an evangelistic tool. And Alpha is now, I think they say there's like 28 million people have been through Alpha. It's incredible. It's good to be hungry for the Holy Spirit, folks. We need more of the Holy Spirit. Derek Morphew is a theologian in the Vineyard, and he talks about simultaneous and subsequent empowerings. He talks about a succession narrative to a way that we can experience the Holy Spirit, a layered arrival of the kingdom breaking into the present. And just as the kingdom comes, so the Spirit works in manifold ways in our lives. Conversion is a work of the Spirit. Baptism in the Spirit can come simultaneously or at conversion or subsequently, or it can come at commissioning or further fillings and empowerings and further. And basically, the Spirit can come again and again and again. And Acts 
Luke describes all these different ways, being clothed um, with power from on high, being baptized in the Spirit, receiving the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. And then Paul tells us to go on being filled with the Spirit. Don't get drunk on wine, he says in Ephesians, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Spirit. In fact, the Greek tense of that verb is go on being filled, go on and on. So it's a command of Jesus to wait on the Holy Spirit. It's our history, it's our heritage in the vineyard. And folks, if we're really to believe that God is going to move across our nation, every one of us is invited. You may be here and you don't even, you, you, you're just journeying at the beginning of kind of a, a journey of exploring faith. You may not have given your life to Jesus, but you know, you're here today for a reason. And I, I'm certain that you are going to encounter Jesus this morning. And we, we want you to be able to embrace not just an encounter with Jesus, but a purpose for your life, a meaning for your life, because this nation, more than ever, needs Jesus. I was um, at, uh, in Cardiff last, just on Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday, and we were in a gathering um, because there was a guy from Colombia, and he and his wife, Patricia, so he's Ricardo and his wife, Patricia, and I'm really, I'm coming into land now. Um, he, uh, they've seen an incredible revival in Colombia. They started with a fledgling little group in 1993, and they saw failure after failure with this little group. And finally, he got on his knees and he said, God, what is it going to take for you to move? What is it going to take? And the Lord spoke to him about becoming friends with the Holy Spirit. And he just spends hours in the presence of the Lord, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, worshiping the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit. And then their church just began to grow and grow and grow. And this, the area where they live had 0.3% Christians, and it now has 30% Christians. Um, they took their church from this fledgling little group. Now they have these meetings where they have four gatherings, 25,000 people in each gathering, right? It is incredible. They called a meeting in the park. A million people showed up. Uh, they did another gathering similar, or it may have been that one. This is what I heard from a friend in the vineyard. He, that he, he said, come and get free from pornography, and a million people showed up. I mean, it is amazing, and it's a movement of signs and wonders. People being filled with the Spirit, people being healed, and then people bring their friends who don't know Jesus to come and meet Jesus. Folks, we need the Holy Spirit. Let's, let's just uh, wait on the Holy Spirit now. I just want to invite you, if you are... You may have, as I've been speaking, even then, just felt an excitement kind of just, you know, rise up within you. You may have felt a sense of the presence of God. Even in the worship, I just felt like there was like a thickness in the air. The Holy Spirit's with us now. If you want to receive more of the Holy Spirit, I just want to encourage you to stand up, even now, where you are. Just stand up, and we're just going to wait on the Spirit. If you just want to watch, that's absolutely fine. If you're here and you've never been in a gathering like this, it's totally fine to spectate totally fine. We're so excited you're here. So I just want to encourage you to just open yourselves up. Just, you might want to lift your hands. You might want to lift your faces up towards heaven. You know, any way, Holy Spirit, we're just going to wait. And we're just going to wait. Come, Holy Spirit. Sometimes it feels awkward to wait, but we're just going to wait on the Holy Spirit.
There's something beginning to stir in the, in the very middle of the room. Just bless what you're doing, Lord. Bless what you're doing. Even at the very back, people are just beginning to receive the Holy Spirit. And I just bless what you're doing, Lord. Welcome your presence. <coughs> now we all experience the Holy Spirit in different ways. For some, there's like this bubbling up of joy, but for others, you may be tuning into that word that um, Jordan Prance had during the worship about suffering. And, you know, this is a moment for you to just experience the comfort and the love, the presence of the Lord through his Spirit. Just receive him. Just receive him all around the room. Just be receiving him. More, Lord. There's a woman at the very back. There's like a, a ripple of the Holy Spirit coming through you. Just let it come. Let it increase on you. More, Lord. Give her more, Lord. Increase what you're doing. Right at the very back. That's it. More. That's it. We bless what you're doing, Lord. Bless what you're doing, Lord. Young man here in the center, just joy, just flooding you, joy. Just, just more, Lord. I bless what you're doing. Crease what you're doing, Lord. Crease what you're doing. Now, we were talking about physical healing, uh, lots of stories from that. And um, I just want to just gather in a few words of knowledge. Now, while many of you just stay engaged, stay engaged, because the Lord's not finished with you. There's much more. Um, I just want to encourage you to just um, speak out, particularly in the area of physical healing. Um, you might get like a little picture or um, just a word comes into your head. And I just want to invite you to just speak it out loud and um, and if if you're the person that that it has that condition, I want you to put your hand up in the air, and just keep it up for it. If you want to respond, and we're going to encourage one another, to, we're going to just pray for people who have physical conditions. We can just do it in a very naturally supernatural way, and I'll talk you through how we're going to do it. But so I just want to encourage you right now to just speak out, and then we'll gather a few, and then we'll ask people to respond. So it doesn't embarrass you in case your word wasn't. It's fine to make mistakes. You know, you might, sometimes people don't respond to your word or sometimes you didn't get it right. That's totally fine. I'll, I'll, I'll start with one. I've got a picture of um, a hip, like the, the, the front of the, like that large bit 
a bone that comes in around the, the hip and then a socket and joint. So I, I'm, I'm got, got a sense there's somebody who's struggling as you walk because of the, there's um, a deterioration going on in your hip. So you don't have to respond immediately, but you can put your hand up if you want to. But to others of you, as you just you feel the Lord giving you words, just speak them out. And I'll repeat them so everyone can hear. Earache. Do you know what ear? So it's someone with earache. Great. Any any others? A right knee sports injury. An ear infection. This is a great place. This is the the meeting place is the learning place for the marketplace. One leg shorter than the other. Um, I've got a weird sensation on the top of my head, and it's like someone has pain on the top of their head, and it's something to do with um, yeah, a skin condition on the top of their head that um, is painful. Yeah, great. So that's um, ovarian problems. Did you say another one? Gynae-type problems. If that's you, um, Joe would love to pray for you. Anybody else? Someone from this section over here. Let's, let's have some words of knowledge. A colic baby. Okay, great. Sinus issues. Sinus issues. Let's gather another couple of words, and then we'll... We'll pray for people. Panic attacks. Front left hip, you think that one is? Yeah, okay. Front left hip problem. Okay, if any of those words relate to you and you would like uh, someone to pray for you, let, pop your hand up in the air. So we've got somebody here, somebody over here. Any others? Another girl just here. Anybody else got any of those conditions who'd like some prayer? Over there in that corner. So, and anybody else who'd like to receive prayer? Anybody else wants to respond to one of those words? So we've got at least um, four of those words. Was any of you, it's probably a bit embarrassing to say, did you have the ovarian or gynae problem? If, you would, if that's you, then um, um, I'm wondering whether you should come out and just actually come and, and find Joe here at the front. Um, to get her to pray for you. So what we're just going to do for the moment, while others of you are receiving, what I want you to do is, if you're close or if you feel like I've got to go and pray for one of these people, I want you to ask the person what's the condition that they're responding to. So keep your hand up in, in the air if you are um, asking for prayer. What's the specific condition? And then uh, speak a prayer of command. So let's say it's the knee condition. You're just going to say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Uh, 
you know, all pain leave and movement return, and then get the person to test out the problem to see if there's been any change. And then, we're, um, and then maybe pray again if, it, if there's been a bit of improvement, and then we'll come back and just see what's happened. Now, some of you are engaging with the Holy Spirit, and you're feeling like a, a, something on your chest, like a heaviness on your chest. And I feel like the Lord is just um, doing something around the area of compassion. If you've got like a heavy weight on your chest, I want you to put your hand up um, now. So there's a, a few of you. And so I just, I don't know um, what exactly the Lord wants to do, but what I just sense the Lord doing is that he's releasing you um, to actually come alongside people who are broken. And some of that comes because you have been alongside people in your families and in the settings that you are, that you've had to walk alongside people who are really, really um, suffering. And so just allow the Spirit of God. You know, if you feel tearful, that's okay. Just bless what the Lord's doing on you right now, right now. And if someone's close to, there's a woman here with her hand in the air. If you just lay a hand on her, so the Holy Spirit's really meeting with her. And this young woman here, Lord, we just bless these women. We bless them in the name of Jesus. This young man here, whatever you, Lord, what you're wanting to do through compassion, we bless it in the name of Jesus. We bless it. Now, for those of you praying for physical healing or for some of the words, try and test out what it was that you might have had a problem with because sometimes the healing comes as you do it. Now, there's a, uh, a, about six of you who really love to see people come to faith. As in, you, you, you may not have felt like you've been very successful, but you, you want to be able to share your faith, and you want to see people come to Jesus. You want to grow in the gift of evangelism and, and start with witnessing. You know, you may not immediately be successful at actually leading people to Jesus, but Everybody can be a witness, and I just feel like there's, there's about six of you here who just want to uh, receive the Holy Spirit in a way that will just enable you to do this more effectively. And if that's you, I just want you to come out to the front. Um, I just want to specifically pray for you um, if that's on your heart right now. Yeah, that's it. Great. Wonderful. Um, and who was it? Where's the, um, the guy who was leading worship? He was talking about going to pray for people. Can... can yeah, come on up and help pray here. Now, guys, just extend your hands. We just want to pray the power of God on you right now. More, Lord. Increase what you're doing, Lord. I thank you for this desire, and I ask for more. I ask for more. I ask for more empowering. Just more empowering. Increase it, Lord. Increase what you're doing. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Boldness. Courage. We speak courage. Just come and help us pray. Thanks, Jordan. More, Lord. Increase it. Yep, that's it. That's it. That's the Holy Spirit. That's it. That's it. Yes. Yes. It's okay. He's breaking your heart for the lost. That's okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And no matter how many times you feel you've tried to do this and failed, the Lord loves to take people who are failures. And he loves to say, it's only going to be me. I'm going to do it. That's the only way you're going to be able to do this. And he takes your heart, he takes your heart and your desire, and he uses that. He uses that. Come, Holy Spirit. Increase it. Yes. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Increase it now. Increase what you're doing. Come, Lord. 
That's it. More, Lord. Crease what you're doing. Crease what you're doing. Crease what you're doing, Lord. Crease what you're doing. Now, there's a couple of you here who have never spoken in tongues. You would love to speak in tongues and have that freedom to speak and pray in another language or worship even in another language. And if that's you and you'd like to receive tongues, I want you to come on up to this side near where the microphones are. They're not going to be on. <laughs> and come on up and, uh, and we're going to pray for you to receive tongues if that's you. Come Holy Spirit. Come Lord Jesus. Is there anybody who's seen any kind of change as you've been ministered to? Anything like, you know, any of the words of knowledge? Do you feel like anything's changed in your symptoms? Anybody want to share that? You've, what, what happened to you? Your knee pain? And what, what was it? Was it an injury or from sport? And then what happened? They laid hands on you? You felt an intensity, like a strength going in. And then what, how did you test it out? You started bending it. And so it feels free. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Excellent. Excellent. Anybody else felt something? Anybody felt the Holy Spirit for the first time? As we were praying, anybody felt something that they haven't experienced before um, as we were ministering, as we were inviting the Holy Spirit? Anybody just want to share something that they maybe hadn't felt before but experienced this morning? fine if you don't. That's totally fine. Now, I, I also just have it on my heart as we're coming into it. We need to finish now, don't we? <laughs> um, just there may be someone here who the Lord is pursuing you and wants you to just surrender to him, to, to give him your heart. And if that's you, and you may have come with somebody, just tell them that you would love to give your heart to Jesus and experience the Holy Spirit, experience his love, have an encounter with Jesus. And just, just speak to the person who brought you, and uh, they'll be happy to pray with you if that's you. So I'm going to hand over to you guys and just say thank you for having me. <laughs>